So hi everyone, welcome back. Um, today we have the pleasure of having Dr. Peterson back with us to discuss the topic of work and stress. To just dive right in, there has been so much done explaining the Mars and Venus perspective between men and women. So you were the author of a large national study looking at exactly that question of what men and women want and value at work. So what were your findings? What were your major takeaways? And do men and women differ in values or needs? Well, it's, it's, it was really interesting. We did a nationals uh, representative study uh, via uh, an online survey through Harris Interactive a number a few years ago. And what we were looking at is really trying to understand, is there a gender difference in terms of promoting health at the workplace? And, and are there differences between the genders as it relates to the perceptions of what they value at work and what their, what their major wants or needs might be? So we had about 1,123 people, which was pretty equally divided. We had 608 men and 515 women, and most of them came from um, companies with larger than 1,000 employees. So it was a large employees that, you know, that where people had worked. And it was, and we employed a, a unique uh, uh, strategy, which is called the STORM Index, which stands for Strategic Organizational Management Index, and it allows them to free associate to specific stimulus words. So they really were able to say whatever they wanted. We didn't oh, leave okay. them with a question. We didn't ask them to say, pick from this list. Right. We literally asked them to write down in order what first came to mind when they thought about, you know, what they value at work and what they right. think in a healthy workplace. And so we went through this and we had a lot of different um, uh, great responses, and we, we put those together. We do what we call a thematic clustering um, and, and, a, and a weighting of the scores of each of those to create like a raw score as it relates to how many times a person or, or a group would use a specific term or word. And this reveals some really interesting things related to how men and women each view the workplace. So when we ask them the question, what are you, what are how would you define or what words come to mind when you think of a healthy workplace for both men and women, the top thing was being clean and comfortable. You know, they thought of it right. from a more of a physical environment standpoint, but the interesting thing, and they would say things like a good energy, a decent stress level, a nice pace. They didn't want something to be, um, you know, just boring, but they didn't want it to be overly taxing either. Right. And, and those were the one, same for both. Yeah, yeah, for both of them. And also they both saw a fun and friendly and environment where it's generally caring and, and supportive and, and there's some co-worker cohesiveness. So in other words, the people you get along with is fine. And so they right. described their healthy workplace in that way. The differences were that, that men, they focused on safety and security far more than women. Well, predominantly we think because that's most, because most men or men more predominantly more than women are engaged in high risk um, in, uh, right. vocations. You know, they're either power line uh, linesmen or, or working with in some capacity where there's a risk of their safety right. if something goes awry. And then, um, and, but there was also uh, men focus more on pay and recognition. They actually said a healthy workplace is one where you get recognized and you get paid for it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that type of thing. Women didn't mention that as much, and uh, they were more apt to say that there's a communication and honesty. You know, people are honest, and they communicate, and there's some talking going on that's there. They also focused more on ethics and values, right? They focused on that as a yeah. healthy workplace would be one in which 
sound ethics and virtues are in place. People aren't corrupt. People aren't backstabbing. People are not, you know, stealing. Right. right yeah. It might be. And also they, they actually mentioned, which is kind of interesting when you think from a worksite health promotion standpoint, men did not even mention fitness or nutrition. But women did, right? They said, mm-hmm. well, it's the place where you can be, eat, you can exercise, there's healthy food, and that type of thing. Right. And so men are less apt to think about a healthy workplace in terms of what traditional wellness talks about, mm-hmm. right, where women are. And hence, that probably describes a little bit or explains a little bit as to why women are more apt to participate in worksite health promotion programs because yeah. it more aligns with their general values as opposed to men. Right. No, that makes sense. And then the other thing is we asked them, okay, so that's how you define or explain or describe a healthy workplace. But what do you really value at work? Mm -hmm. What is it that you really value? And this was really telling because what we found was that men and women, even though they value the same things, they value them in a very different priority. right? Right. And they put different weights on different things. For example, men... um, their number one was pay, money, and benefits. So the first thing they really value is their paycheck right. and the benefits that come with that. Uh, they next value results, achievement, and success. In other words, getting things done, accomplishing things. Um, that sense of I've done something with my work done. Right. And then thirdly, they, 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 they uh, valued um, work ethic. In other words, hard work. Mm-hmm. And so someone who puts in the time, who works hard during the day, that is something that they valued most highly. They also had things like, you know, recognition, the friends and re- relationships, ability, knowledge, communication, flexibility, those types of things as well. But they were lower on their mentioning. So when I asked them all the things that come to mind, those things came uh, power. So, excuse me, pay results and work ethic were the highest number of responses by far. Right. And other things related to, you know, ability, knowledge, structure, time, your communication was much, much lower. Right. Now, when we ask women this, right, well, their number one, which was astronomically high, which was friends and relationships. So they really (laughs) value friends and relationships at work. They also, which was a, a, a decent second, was recognition and respect. So in other words, they get respect for what they do and they get recognized for what they do. Right. And then thirdly, they, they valued virtues, right? So virtues in the workplace, this would be what we call good morals and ethics. And so they saw that as very important as part of the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you look at this, it's kind of like a yin and yang thing going on. We call the Mars Venus thing. Each yeah. sort of has high priorities in certain areas. As, and not that they don't value what the other gender does, but they do have a proclivity towards higher value of certain areas. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's interesting that they tend to value the same things overall, but at the levels of which it's valued, that's where the biggest changes are. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And when you think about this, for example, we ran a, a statistical analysis because we, we have a way of actually quantifying verbal responses and we're able to really do a statistical analysis to see whether or not there was these were statistically different and there were a number of categories in which men and women value their their values were significantly different in some cases very significant 
For example, men um, were much higher as it relates to pay, money, and benefits. So they right. value it significantly higher than women do. Uh, they also value power, status, and authority higher than women do. Mm-hmm. Right. So those were the two areas that, that we found that men were much higher in terms of their values. Right. Women, in contrast, they valued friends and relationships almost three times more than men did. Yeah. Right. They also uh, almost double, doubly valued recognition and rewards. Teams collaboration uh, were also highly um, and significantly higher for women, as well as fairness and equity um, and also communication and also home life. Now, which is interesting, we didn't ask about home life. Home life was something that came out very rarely for men but much more for women, which is kind of an interesting thing. When you think about it, the question wasn't, what do you value? It was, what do you value at work? Right, right. So yeah, why is home life coming in? Yeah, exactly. So they, but it was very high um, relative to the general overall things that they valued. And we even went a step further because we said, okay, so this is what it is. Now, how well does each gender understand the values of the other gender? So in the survey, we asked them to write down the, what they thought men and women value. So if you're a man, you would write down what women value. And if you're a woman, you write down what men value. Right. Well, for the most part, they had it reasonably uh, the same. However, if you were to ask men, women their views of men, they were off only on two areas. So they overestimated oh. what men value, power, authority, and status and they also overestimated pay, money, and benefits. And this is at a statistically significant right. level. Men, however, were a little less apt to understand what women value. <laughs> so they undervalue, right? So m- women tended to overvalue men's you know, want for, for pay and power um, and think it's way high. So they, they overestimated. But men would uh, tended to underestimate, right, their family and home life values, their teams and collaboration values, their their value for ability and knowledge, their value for friends and friendship, results in achievement and recognition. So in other words, on literally six categories, right, <laughs> men, men have did, totally underestimated. So if you would look at this, if you would interpret the results, it would basically mean that men are somewhat clueless as to what women want in the, in the, in the workplace, <laughs> so what they yeah. need to, to have a, what we call it, uh, what they really value in their jobs and how they work and do right. work. And, and women, they were just overly estimating, think that men are just more power hungry and want a lot of money. Right. right. So they tended to think that, which wasn't the case there either. Um, and so when you think about this, it really starts to uh, point to a, a, a really a, a gender difference that can become somewhat disruptive in the workplace or could become problematic unless this knowledge is out there. Right. No, that's interesting. Um, So then given these differences with everything that um, we've just talked about, what are the implications for the workplace and how might these differences relate to um, causes and distress for men and women? Um, Are the work-related stressors that would be um, more stressful for men than women or the other way around? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's a number of things that we, and when I was looking at this, trying to draw some conclusions from the study, 
One is, is that if this is what truly what men and women value, right, then the way that you would motivate people is to appeal to what those things or create environments in which those things are present. Right. Such that, that they would work well, because if you want to work collaboratively and you want to communicate in terms of the process by which you get things done, that means you may ask for help or you may ask for advice or you may get you run bounce ideas off people versus someone who would just try to work it out in their own head right. or on their own independently. Um, if you have a system in place where, for example, for women, where there is lack of opportunity to engage socially, professionally, communicate, and, and, and there's no opportunity for teams, and it tends to be somewhat um, um, you know, limited in terms of uh, recognition Right. Or or there's not opportunity for, um, you know, to think about their home life or work life balance. Well, women will will won't perform as well. They'll be more distressed because it's not catering on average to their their general needs. Right. They like the communication and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. they do like to communicate more so on average than men do. Right. And it doesn't mean that men don't communicate. It just means that they're if, if push comes to shove, they're less apt to. Right. Right. In terms of this, what this study found, and vice versa, if you put a man in a in a situation where there's no opportunity to grow and advance, there's no opportunity to um, you know you know make money or to increase their you know their their, their kind of like what I call a career ladder, they will some they will somewhat for, um, languish, and uh, they will either leave or they'll just not work or they won't be motivated. Right. Eventually, you don't bring out the best of them because there's no reason to put forth effort. Mm-hmm. And so this ability to move up, to, to gain um, more uh, you know, pay or to improve your ability in terms of a, a position, uh, if, that's, if there's no opportunity for that in the workplace, most likely the, the, a man will begin to just sort of phase out and not participate as much. They also be distressed because of the fact that they can't do anything. It's right. like, no matter how hard I work. What's the point, right? Right. And that, that kind of creates this effort reward imbalance that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. What's the point of putting all this out if I don't get anything back for it? Right. And that tends to be a more male, um, uh, uh, um, um, you know, mindset. Doesn't mean that women don't think that way. I don't want. I want to be very clear about this because we're not saying that only men do this and only women do that. Right. What we're talking about is the proclivities. Uh, the difference between the two. And if you're a manager, right, and if you want to bring out the best in your employees, both male and female, you need to create a system by which um, each can perform and feel like there's some a reward for their effort, right, that's there. Right. So then along the lines of a um, manager, um Maybe is it their responsibility to create that environment? Because this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with um, workplace culture. So then what would you tell a manager to do to be the best that they can be for both men and women in a work environment? Well, I think some of the things is to understand that, number one, just you can't do one for one gender and not for the other. That's the right. first thing. I can't say I'm going to promote men and, and allow women to right. just you know, <laughs> socialize. They'll, they'll look at you and go, what's that? That's not fair. <laughs> I would drink. Right? I mean, right. That's, what, that's kind of pointless. But what it means is that you need to, you need to, not, you need to play to people's strengths. What is it that they bring to the table? What is it that they bring and that can help your organization do well? 
you really want to bring out the best in your individuals. We talked about that last time. So, yeah. okay. So how do I bring the best out in a man, man and how do I bring out the best in the women? Well, first of all, you pay them decently, mm-hmm. right? You know, based on that. It's not that you pay men more. That's not the point. But what for men, it's like, okay, if I put forth effort, if there's if there's no money available, I will be probably more distressed than a than a woman. Right, would. right. And vice versa, if you're in a position where you're trying trying to problem solve and there's just people are just sort of non um cohesive and there's sort of this this lack of uh, social interaction or or, or friendliness uh, mm-hmm. women will probably have a more difficult time with that yeah it doesn't mean they can't survive it because many do but what it means is that they, they tend to want to look for a friend or someone that they can associate with at work that sort of is a, a comrade in arms if you will right right more so than men. It doesn't mean that men don't, but more so. And so the idea is if I were a manager, I need to think, okay, maybe I need to structure the work processes or decision-making things in a way that allows flexibility for each to maximize their potential in the workplace. Right. So the opportunities are there for each person's values. Yeah, and if you so if you're if you're doing this for a, for a female, I would want to have opportunity where they could bounce things off people, so right. they don't feel like that. For example, what you don't know anything because you have to ask questions, right? You know, well, well, sometimes the idea is the questions are helping you think through the process, mm-hmm. and sometimes by questioning, it makes the other person think through the process that they perhaps would not have done previously. Right, some perspective. Exactly. And then the men also bring to the, the table, they tend to be more focused and they tend to be, I, you know, goal oriented more so on average. And so they tend to let's move forward. Let's keep things moving. Let's not get bogged down in too much discussion. Let's right. not, you know, we need to move forward here. So these things are actually complementary, right? So one helps you think it through, one perhaps helps you move forward. And so, but they're all moving forward and they're all helping to work it through. It's just that one kind of plays a, a complementary role to the other. Yeah. And this is an important point to understand. It's not that we're one is better than the other. And people who say that really aren't thinking things through. What it is is that we bring things to the table that complement the skill sets and abilities of others. And within the genders, there are specific differences in the workplace based on this study. That show that there's they, there's there's clearly a differentiation in what they value and how they want to work, right? Right. That needs to be recognized by managers, and it also needs to be recognized by um, the corporations they exist, and also by the individuals themselves, because oftentimes they don't know what they what they value. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, hearing something like this, they go, "Okay, yeah, I disagree with this, but I also agree with that." That makes them think a little bit more, mm-hmm. and perhaps to sit down and say, what is it I really want out of a workplace? If I were to ask and answer the question, what do you value at work? What are the first things that pop into your mind? What are the first things that make you, um, you know, uh, you know, that, 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 that you think about, right? Because those are your top of mind concerns. Those are the things that are really up there. If you're digging and you can't think of anything, okay, maybe you don't value anything. Maybe there's nothing strong enough that that Mm -hmm. motivates you to move forward. Okay, that's fair enough. There are certain people that just don't have a a strong opinion about what they value and not, but others do. And that's what this study showed is that there clearly when you take, you know, 600 and 500 women and men and you put them and you really analyze what they say, which is a very large sample. Right. You can get a pretty good idea of what that is all about. Yeah. 
So, but the point is, is that there are different things um, that they do understand. And if I were to break it down into two areas, I would say if I were to just make it something simple to memorize, I would say, well, men tend to be more fortune focused, where women tend to be more friend focused yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. And that's and that goes back very much to what we talked about, the gender differences in stress response. Right. It yeah. literally the studies kind of um, they, they complement each other. They, they corroborate in the sense that they bring out very similar conclusions based on um, the, the study and the, and the data that they, we found. Right. And that's what I was kind of thinking while you were talking was that how we've kind of talked about how men and women are kind of made to complement each other. Because if everyone was the same and had the exact same skill sets, then kind of what good would that bring? Um, so then moving kind of backwards to how women talked about um, home life in their work life, um, the work life balance or conflict seem to be quite common today. Um, so are there differences in work-life balance or work-family balance between men and women? I think that's a great question, and it's one that we haven't really uh, um, resolved, I think, generally speaking. There, with the age of technology and technology being so uh, pervasive, um, it, it sort of has blended work and, and home life together so yeah. much uh, that, uh, you know, you do work at home. Uh, you, and then, you know, it's, it's just like the day has, it's not a, just a nine to five day anymore. Right. It's, it's, it's as soon as you get up to, you go to bed and you may have be, um, work may infiltrate your home life and home life may infiltrate your work life. Mm -hmm. and so we see more of that today, but the interesting thing is, is that, you know, there's long been this idea that men, women are more stressed by the work family balance. And I say on certain levels, yes, um, predominantly because m women tend to be the primary caretakers of children, right? right? That's still true today. It has been. And when little children need help, they typically the mother will go. And, it's mm -hmm. no, and I know people say, well, it should be the man. It's fine. But women will have the sense of need right, to do right. that. It's a driving force. It's literally, I have to do this. And so they will even though they will leave work, right, right, they will feel bad about leaving work or having to do that, but they will choose more often yeah. than not to take care of the family matter. That will be, take a priority. Right. And so they're stressed by losing work, right, or, or what may happen at work. Maybe they have to leave and they, they can't take care of something that needs to be done and that kind of thing. But they feel this, this need and almost a, a pressure to, to take care of the family issue. Vice versa, men, they also have the same thing, but it's different. They need to go home. Maybe there's something there, but they'll feel an obligation to stay at work. Yeah, right? yeah. And they will feel stressed that they didn't go home. So it's like the opposite direction. It doesn't mean it's one or the other. It's not black or white. It's this gray area right. where men will say, oh, but I've got to work. I've got to do this because it's the strong need to provide. Right. And so yeah. this kind of takes precedence in their thinking. So that when they make that choice, it isn't that they, they don't care about their families. No, they care about them in the role that they're almost hardwired to yeah. fill, which is to provide. Right. And women, on the same way, are more hardwired to care. And mm -hmm. so they will care for their family, but feel bad about missing work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Stay at work and feel bad about missing the family issue. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those are the things that happen. So there is this work-family um, 
imbalance and stress that's there. And the way you can try to address that is first understand that life has changed quite a bit in the 21st century such that you know, people have more flexibility and certain jobs allow them to work from home if they need to. Yeah. Right. And that's been very helpful. Some jobs you just can't though. Like for example, in the service industry, you serve other people. It's yeah. hard to do it from home. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So if you work in a restaurant or anything that deals with the public, you have to be at the place upon which you work. Mm-hmm. And that's makes it more difficult to, to deal with this. But in those positions that are more white collar in the sense that you can use technology to telecommute or other types of things, it has helped solve it to some degree, Right. but it's also brought up its own problems for, for women. In essence, they, they're always on, you know, there's never that time. And for also for men too, but you're always on and always have to be available for work. And that becomes somewhat problematic. So anyways, it's just it's just the idea that work family balance is something that, um, you know, it's, it's always going to be ongoing. I don't see it as being resolved because not all jobs are the same. But if you take into consideration the, what, that what that men and women value things differently that women have in their lives over the course of a woman's life is very different from a man's life. Let's just be honest. Right? Yes. <laughs> because women can have children. Right. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they oftentimes have to step out of the workforce for a while right. or choose to. And, and, and that means, you know, that and that's something that's there. But you don't want to lose that human capital if you're a, a, a lawyer. Right. So the notion is, is as you are able to right, try to adapt and make sure that you don't lose women by their natural function of bearing children. Yeah. And that is something that is very helpful for organizations to understand. And it's something we've grown in since probably the 1940s and 50s, where if you were female and you had children, the expectation was, okay, well, you're just going to go home. Right. Well, most people can't live today on one income. And so they need both people to work. And so you don't also want to penalize families or building a family simply because, oh, well, you know, that's what it is. You know, I'm sorry, that's your choice. Okay, it is a choice, and it also is necessary for civilization yeah. to keep having children, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's there. But at the flip side, you can't force businesses to sacrifice their ability to function to mm-hmm. support everyone. Uh, right. Some businesses just can't. They just don't make enough profit. They don't have enough flexibility. And in order, if they had a, a, a large workforce, um, and all of a sudden we had, you know, 20% of the women had children. Right. It, it would be, it would put them under. And yeah. so it goes back to the culture work health model. You've got to protect organizational health at the same time that you protect employee health. Yeah. It's definitely that fine line of in yeah. between a nice balance. But you've got to use some wisdom in this and you can't be overly um, feministic on this, nor can you be more, more overly um, patriarchal in the sense that, you know, women just have to do whatever they want, you know, and, and, you know, they just have to understand that they can't work if they have children. That doesn't make any sense today either. So there's a lot of things I think that um, businesses are adapting to and have done fairly well, but I think understanding the fundamental differences of what men and women value at work is necessary to start the conversation and to help make the changes that will bring out the best, both in the employee's and in the organization itself. Right. Because I think you've pretty much made it obvious. And then especially from this study that, I mean, work environments um, aren't a one size fits all kind of thing. 
No, it's very difficult to do do that because we're all very different. And, yeah. and the wise manager is one that understands the strengths and weaknesses and what each employee brings to the table and then tries to maximize them as best they can. Yeah. So then thank you again for all of this helpful information and tips related to gender differences at work. It's great to discuss these issues of importance. So for more health-related podcasts and interesting articles, please check out check out get up and do something at guads.org so till next time this is tony your host of the guads uplift podcast series